Welcome back. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Welcome back to Mission Impossible Mondays. Mission Impossible Mondays. That's right, baby. This week, it's Mission Impossible 2 from the year 2000. Directed by John Woo instead of Brian De Palma. And oh boy, if you weren't vibing with Brian De Palma's take on Mission Impossible, maybe you thought, hey, this is this is too spy crafty. This is too nuanced. This is too blue. Well, guess what? This movie is probably the exact opposite it's of so, the first movie. It is whiplash different, my guy. If there are two ends of a Mission Impossible spectrum, they are on complete opposites. <laughs> yeah. So each week, every Monday, we're going to be talking about the, a different installment of Mission Impossible, scene by scene, uh, beat by beat, and, and to, and, until like the week before Dead Reckoning Part 1 comes out. Uh, we're going to do two Mission Impossibles that week to catch up, I think. Something like that. But anyway, we're going to go through every Mission Impossible movie. And at the end of each episode, we're going to have to agree on the official streaming things ranking yeah. of the Mission Impossible movies, which won't get interesting, I think, until probably Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Um, and it gets real interesting. I think it will. Because right it will. now, as the leaderboard stands, number one is Mission Impossible number one. That's right. It's the only one we reviewed so far. That's right. And I think this will be easy at the end of this one as well. Mm. Uh, I, I have a hunch. Mm. I'm not sure. If you want to throw a, a wrench at me, this will be the time to do it. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we're going to do all throughout the entire franchise. Steve, I'm wondering, Hi. when was the last time you saw this movie? What was it like watching it for you this time? The last time I saw this movie was probably maybe like the late aughts. Uh, I think I watched it like in anticipation for Rogue Nation or something. One of the other ones that were coming out, I, I rewatched them all. And that was the last time I, well, I'd rewatched them all except for the first one. Cause I was like, I know I don't really care for the first one, but I remember this one being but fun. But you gave this one a, okay. Well, here's the thing. I remembered a very embarrassing story about myself in regards to this movie. You shit your pants watching it? Like just blue, total blowout, <laughs> total, total brownout. <laughs> no. Um, so this was the year 2000. Uh -huh. I would have been 13, mm -hmm. 14 around that age. And um, I remember going into the theater and it was, and I was going with my stepdad and my mom. And I think a friend was going with us. And at the time, you know, that's that age where you, you fake a lot of shit. Because you're like, oh, this is cool. Let me pretend to be that. Sure. Because that's what some people know, never grow out of. It. Yeah, some people never grow out of it. This was like peak that stage for me, and so I remember going into this movie and talking to my friend, even though I did not like the first one. I remember specifically saying, "Hey, I like Mission Impossible more than I like James Bond," and he's like, "What? Why?" And, and you know, I don't even know why. I'm just talking to my ass at this point, right? But I remember saying. See, Ethan Hunt is a special agent who's all about the job, right? He's going to get the job done. But James Bond is always sleeping around with girls because he's, he's not professional. But Ethan Hunt, he's not like that. And then we go and see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And this movie is basically what if somebody thought Mission Impossible was James Bond and did their best to imitate a James Bond movie? 100%, yeah. And made this. Um, and got John Woo to direct. Hot take, and I'm jumping the gun. I do think Mission Impossible is better than James Bond as oh, a I franchise. Do. Yeah. Oh, you do now too? S now, yeah. Same, same. Sure, okay. 
Uh, but so that was my kind of going in. And I remember watching this movie when it came out. We saw the movie. And, you know, I'm 13. I'm like, oh, there was shooty, shooty, shooty shoots. Pew, pew. Sure was fun. And then as I've grown older, I've, I can recognize that this is a, a bad movie. This is a bad movie. But I can watch it and laugh at it because it's the type of bad that is funny to me. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of funny shit in this movie. And I don't think they're intending for it to be funny. It's no. like, it's very serious and like, oh, man, I sure do love this woman I met 20 minutes ago. God, I love her so much. I get um, it. That's Tandy Newton. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's great. Uh, so it, it is a bad movie, but I, I enjoy watching it more than I watch the first one because it just has there's more entertainment to it for me. Even though I can objectively sit back and say the first one is a better movie than this. Uh, is it my turn? I, if you want it to be, I can keep going if you need if you need time. I don't. I just <laughs> I want to cut you off. So I had an interesting experience watching this. I have not seen it since the first couple of times I watched it. Early, early aughts. You know what I mean? Um, and the, like the rock climbing scene became like spoofed a few times. Yeah, I remember um, the time the rock climbing scene was like super like, can you believe Tom Cruise climbed a rock? Yeah. <laughs> and this is like the beginning of boy. Ain't he crazy? Yeah, for sure. Um, and the. The scene at the end where he spins on the motorcycle on the front wheel and you know, like swings the gun around in slow-mo. Um, it, it, you'd be forgiven if you didn't know which slow-mo scene I was talking about. Um, <laughs> or which take of him spinning on the wheels. Iconic's not the word because that gives you the wrong connotation, but it's definitely uh, memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I remember it was a goofy movie and often considered the worst of the Mission Impossible, but I haven't seen it. I've only watched, like I said before, three through six uh, repeatedly in the last decade or so. Um, but I honestly do like the first one quite a lot, as we said last week. So because last night I was watching, uh, you know, something's wrong. My daughter was sick Saturday and all kinds of stuff was going on. And uh, it's been a rough week uh, work wise and other things. I'm busy, but I'm also last night watching a night at the opera from 1935 for the podcast. I'm watching Lost episode uh, two um, and I'm watching this. Uh, and something else, right? I don't, I don't know. We're, we're recording a lot of stuff. So it's it's like past midnight. Night at the opera. Is that what you mean? Uh, I, th- I said that one, but I'm oh. watching a lot of stuff. All I have like three movies all at once for the podcast. And boy, howdy, <laughs> do I tell you that I was actively fucking pissed. <laughs> you were watching this. I was I hate this movie <laughs> and I'm, I'm just going to be as real as I can in advance. I love this franchise. Mm-hmm. I hate this movie. The way that they took. John Woo, K- Tandy Newton, Anthony Hopkins, Tom Cruise, uh, Ving Rhames. Who is in this movie? You were right last week. Uh, who else? Um, Doe Gray Scott. You, you, you well, Doug Gray Scott's Gray in there, but that's not Brendan what Gleeson. That's, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. I mean, just icons of my life, just the Mount Rushmore of cool people in my mind and in cinema and put them all together and made something so fucking inane and and stupid <laughs> is one of cinema's greatest mysteries. It truly is. Well, this movie is it's surprising because when you step back and you look at the Mission Impossible franchise as a whole, you, you definitely have an idea of what it is. Right. And then you have this movie, which is the most early 2000s action movie that ever exists. Like you could you could turn on triple X right after this and it has the same fucking vibe 
where it's like yeah, it's such an outlier. It's like hard guitar licks and like oh here here are girls in outfits just walking by the camera for no reason. And I actually like the heavy metal Mission Impossible theme. Oh, um, I don't mind it either. But but you know what I'm saying, right? Like even like the the opening like theme um, <laughs> no, 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 graphics I, is like yes. very like. Let's make it all super glitchy and like oh there's yes. a there's a, a a red outline drawing of Bellerophon and Carmera blah like yes that that was so rife in the early two thousands the style and John Woo is a very uh, specific stylized director and I think mm-hmm. when a lot of people try to say that this movie's kind of genius in a way because it's just it's in a it's an Americanized version of John Woo's style and it just it kind of it's a we- shittier version it's kind of like Woo's a Bollywood style. weirdness to it or something I'm like no 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 no. it's just, just it's fucking and again I was just I'm being honest about how I, in the headspace I was in if I was chilling on a Saturday watching this I would have been like ha, ha, this is kind of fun but because I'm doing it kind of for work and I'm like stressed and I, I'm like fuck this yeah. you, know? <laughs> uh, you posted a photo of you about to start it with the caption like the things I do for the pod and little did I I know yeah that you hadn't even start press play that things were going to go south mm-hmm. as, as I didn't even know who Tandy Newton was in the year 2000 because I, I was kind of informed of her brilliance through Westworld you know five six years ago oh really um and so and at the time I was uh 12 when this came out so mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't know who Tandy Newton was but watch I was like Tandy fucking Newton's in this yeah Anthony fucking Hopkins is in this yeah Brendan fucking Gleason's in this like I, I haven't seen this in so long I didn't know any of those people were Doug Ray Scott's in this again <laughs> you keep trying to make Doug Ray Scott a thing <laughs> funny story somebody on Instagram reached out to me to make sure I mentioned this because I had forgotten this fact Tom Cruise stopped Doug Ray Scott from becoming Wolverine because the auditions interfered with shooting this movie. Yeah. So he chose Mission Impossible 2 over Wolverine. From the original X-Men. Which is great for all of us. Because, yeah. I mean, Hugh Jackman Perfect. shits all over Doug Ray Scott as Wolverine, yeah. I'm sure. But Doug Ray Scott is not happy about this because of what ended up happening with this movie. Uh, versus what ended up happening with the character of Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I found an article from 2020 about from Tandy Newton being interviewed. Tandy Newton shares her nightmare Tom Cruise story from Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I bet there's plenty of those. By Zach Scharf. Uh, and this, again, was published in July of 2020 on IndieWire. Uh, but essentially, uh, it, was an, it was a vulture interview that they're reporting on. And, um, you know, she's had a lot of, of, of bad stories throughout the different movies that she's been in. But she said, quote, I was so scared of Tom. He was a very dominant individual, Newton said. He tries super hard to be a nice person, but the pressure he takes on a lot. And I think he has this sense that only he can do everything as best as it can be done. Uh, so she remembered a time that she got angry with Cruz. It's during the balcony scene where they have an, a confrontation, if you recall. I'll remind you when we get to that okay. scene in the recap. Um but John Woo made a decision during the making of Mission Impossible 2 not to speak English, uh, which made it difficult to work out and nail some of the scenes. And Cruz was not happy with Tandy Newton's performance during the scene. And she got so and he got so frustrated that he made them switch roles. This is how Tom Cruise is. So he said, OK, I'm Naya. You're Ethan. This is what you do. I'm going to do it how I want you to do it. Is what he did, essentially. And so he played out the entire scene as Naya. 
And so she could mimic his performance, right? So she said, we filmed the entire scene with me being him because believe me, I knew the lines by then and him playing me. And it was the most unhelpful. I can't think of anything less revealing. It just pushed me further into a place of terror and insecurity. It was a real shame. And and she's, but she does defend him and bless him. I really do mean bless him because he was trying his damnedest. Um, so anyway, uh, it was a nightmare for her. And again, I don't think she, anything else came from this. She's not in any of the other movies, as no, I recall. She, 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 they originally wrote her into Mission Impossible 3, but she declined to come back mm. uh, because I just don't think she wanted to really be a part of it anymore. She was not going to have a good time. No. Funny thing about Tandy Newton and this movie in particular, um, when I was in college, I took an editing class, right? And our final project was you had to take uh, two or more film properties or TV show properties. And you had to make essentially what is a trailer that comes from two different sources to make a different video. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what I did was I took shots from this movie, mission impossible Two, and run fat boy run, which stars Tandy Newton and Simon Pegg. And I made it about Simon Pegg, who's in love with Tandy Newton, trying to become an IMF agent, competing against Tom Cruise for Tandy Newton's love. Brilliant. Called, uh, I forget what I called it, but it's based off like Simon Pegg's character that is introduced in the next movie. But it was one of the, it's one of my most, like one of my favorite things I've ever edited is this like dumb, like, oh, Benji's trying to win Tandy Newton back from Tom Cruise. I love it. I'll like, I'll put a link to that trailer in the show notes if you guys want to watch it. It's fun. Yeah, it's an amazing idea. Um, but she goes on to say that she was talking to Jonathan Demi, a uh, famous director about her experience. And he was like, Tandy, shame on you for not backing yourself up. He was really sweet. And she said, and then Tom called and I thought, oh, this is it. The apology. No, he just said, we're going to reshoot this next week. And, <laughs> uh, and the next time we shot it, I went in there and I just basically manifested all the, because I realized what he wanted, he just wanted the alpha bitch. And I did as best as I could. It's not the best way to get the best work out of someone though. So he was trying to like hype her up. Like you fucking got, you own this fucking movie. And like, he was a very intense person and she's yeah, like, stop. Uh, and it was a very uncomfortable performance for her. So I just, I, I'd never heard that. I didn't even, like I said, I didn't even have any concept of who Tandy Newton was. Um, I love mission impossible. I want to say this before we talk about this movie too much, but I did. I hate this movie even more than I thought I did is my, my takeaway. <laughs> like I thought it was going to be so bad. It's good. Uh, I like John Woo. I really truly do like hard target Jean-Claude Van Damme, goofy ass movie. Mm-hmm. I fucking, he punches a rattlesnake to, to knock it out. Of course. As you do. I love that movie. It's just, it doesn't belong in the mission impossible universe. Mm-hmm. You know, this, um, this movie, you can kind of see because it, it sounds like because uh, Tom Cruise likes to get like a different auteur director or he did for a while like oh we're doing Mission Impossible I want this director so we can get their style right yeah. he was trying to do that for a while whereas now he's like I- I'm just going to do it like you just I'm just tell you what to do and do what right. I want and it seems like this movie is kind of like the the progenitor of that line of thinking for him because you can see on screen like he's not doing the stunts that he does nowadays. Like he's in front of green screen and you can see that and you can almost kind of, I kind of feel maybe a Tom Cruise would watch this, a very intense guy who's like committed to things looking great and how he wants them to be. Cause he's a little bit of a control freak watching this movie and be like, fuck, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to shoot these movies like this anymore. We're going to do real shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, um, 
Well, Christopher McQuarrie is a huge part of the reason too that the newest ones are so good. They have mm-hmm. like they're they're in sync. Yeah. But I, I know that Tom must have been extremely frustrated um, with the result of this movie. And I can't I can't imagine that he looked at the script though and said, "This is fucking great." The Bellerophon, the Chimera, and like uh, like but. <sighs> Well, initially, I read that the, if you can imagine, I just want to—I just want you to paint a picture. I just want you to close your eyes right now, Chris. Okay. I just want you to imagine a world in which Mission Impossible Two came out exactly as John Woo edited it originally, where the original cut was three and a half hours long. Mm. <laughs> and the studio was like, "This is not a- allowed to be one minute over two hours." So much more slow mo. I wonder, though, if it's better. I wonder, too, because apparently there's a lot of like continuity errors and, and plot holes yes. that are plugged up because of the longer cut that some they took out. Some of the out. edit is atrocious. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? There's some um, bad edits in there's here. There's some really bad edits, and that makes perfect sense that there was another hour and a half of footage. Uh, I want to see that cut. So even though I just said what I said, I, you wouldn't believe it, but I would watch it. Uh, yeah, because now you're curious. Like, is it better? Is yes, it worse? Because, I mean, you're getting... The worst Anthony Hopkins is most likely the best living actor, right? In my opinion, Daniel Day Lewis be damned, who's also retired, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Brendan Gleason is one of my favorite actors, a phenomenal force. Tandy Newton is one of the best to ever do it. I love her presence at all times. Doe Gray Scott, what do you have to say? <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst Scottish accents I've ever heard, and he's from Scotland. Uh, <laughs> And all of these people are giving me shit because of the script and the direction. You know what I mean? Oh, I just think whoever decided to cast Anthony Hopkins as the leader of IMF is fucking kidding themselves. You're telling me this British guy is in charge of the IMF? Come on. How does that work? That doesn't make sense. I would pick Alec Baldwin. Me personally. Well, good luck. Good good news then. I mean, (laughs) I was going to say, uh oh, (laughs) good luck, sir. That's never going to listen up. Six is a 10 is talking. I would rather have (laughs) Stephen Baldwin than Anthony Hopkins phoning it in like this in this movie. Yeah, that would be fucking awesome (laughs) (laughs) with the vibe this movie's given off. Yes. Um, So anyway, let's do this. Let's let's do our let's do what we got to do. Do it. It opens up in Sydney, Australia, uh, at Biosite Pharmaceuticals. There's Dimitri. A fucking Albert Einstein looking dude. Flat. Every search for a hero must begin with something every hero requires. A villain. A villain. It's Vladimir. Search for a hero, Bellerophon. We created the monster. <laughs> Chimera. Chimera. Accompany me to Atlanta. I must arrive within <laughs> 20 hours. Every time I go to Hotlanta now, I'm just going to be like, hey, Accompany me to Atlanta. Everybody you talk to. <laughs> uh, the plane looked fake as fuck, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Some of the effects are really bad. But anyway, it's Ethan is sitting next to Vladimir. And, uh, oh, he's Dimitri, I said. Right. And I, I even guessed it early on. Apparently it was a reveal later. But in my notes, it says infected with Chimera. Right. Because he's got 20 hours. Well, he um, shoots himself with it. Vladimir does? Yeah. You see him shoot. He, he, he's got his hands in the. Whatever that box is where you put the yeah, hands like the gloves. little with the and gloves. He does the whole like, oh, let me look around. <laughs> nobody's uh, nobody's watching me in my lab. Because he, giving... he injects himself and then he walks outside and then there are the kids singing "Ring Around the Posy," "Ring Around the Rosy," because you know subtlety. You're giving um, you're giving Gru. <laughs> oh. 
It's like no big deal. It's like no big deal, man. <laughs> I'm just shooting Chimera into me. No big deal. Get the Bellerophon. Um, anyway, you're right. He's got 20 hours before it fully clicks, kicks in and, and becomes incurable. Yeah. Um, until the, the oxygen masks drop on the plane. Everybody puts one on except for Vladimir, one of the pilots, and, of course, Ethan Hunt. And uh, there's sleeping gas in the masks. And then he realizes, he you are not Dimitri? Because, you know, Ethan says, you keep calling me that. That's not my name. Dun, 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 dun. My name's Daddy. <laughs> oh, shit. Tom Cruise got demasked. Because apparently the writers of this movie, they were like, you know, David Kep's pretty good. But I think the most important part of Mission Impossible is the face ripping off thing. Mm-hmm. Me the, personally. Th- this movie is the one that features the face mask portrayal happening the most. This movie, I think, is how John Woo thought of and got so excited for the movie Face Off. This is my theory. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Or is this post Face Off? I'm not sure. I want to take his face. <laughs> Call Nicolas oh. Cage right now. I think this is post Face Off. Uh, so they jump out of the plane, all the uh, ne'er-do-wells that cause this. And I put, did the plane crash? Because they cut away for some reason into like this uh, amorphous flame, like title sequence. Oh, I think it, it did. It, though. Yeah, they it, died. Yeah, we yeah, find because, out later. Yeah, later on. Yeah, they show them the photos of the of the That's plane sad. wreckage. That's very sad. It's very sad for that pilot who was coming too. Like, oh shit! And all the passengers who were just going to Atlanta. Yeah, they were just going to Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta, which they, is the shittiest iced coffee I've ever had in my life, is in that airport. <laughs> so maybe they spared themselves. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, and then we cut to the famous rock climbing scene. And uh, Tom Cruise is bouldering, man. He's no, he's not using ropes mm-hmm. or anything. He's just free climbing, uh, free soloing mm-hmm. that motherfucking with, mountain face. With the mama song. Yeah. There's an interesting song choice plan. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I guess we're supposed to read that he's an adrenaline junkie because this is his vacation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he does some... Uh, Death-defying things in his in his free time. Yeah, he's got like he's kind of doing like a Christ pose, holding on to Why not the rocks. Make he, him a Christ figure. He does a one-armed hang where he's like, "Oh, look at this! I'm I'm Tom Cruise. I'm having such a good time." He just looks down. Is, is there some <laughs> kind of cult uh, info behind this rock climbing scene or something that he like actually climbed some of this or something? Oh, he he did climb a lot of this by himself, but he's on wires that are painted out, and yeah. apparently John Woo is scared of heights. Uh, so he hated filming this part because he was just worried that Tom Cruise and the stunt Tom, guys were going to fall constantly. Tom, I get that. Like, I remember hiking in Arizona and every time I I didn't even look over the edge. But every time my friends looked over the edge, I got nervous. Like, stop. Get back here. Come here. Get back here. You're going to fall. Oh, my God, guys. Stop peeking. Um, so, yeah, he's jumping around, having a good old time. And then the helicopter comes. To- <laughs> I love this helicopter thing. It's so fucking it dumb. Shoots I the love fucking it. rocket message at him. <laughs> well, first, the, the guy, like, opens the side door of the copter. He's got, like, a bazooka on his shoulder. And he goes, you, and points <laughs> at him. And then he shoots a rocket into the ground that opens up to reveal sunglasses. <laughs> That he puts on. <laughs> that he puts on that plays a video and then they blow up. Like, yeah. It's this is why our military budget is so <laughs> explosive in this country because they're building like rocket propelled sunglasses that also explode and play video. It's one of the reasons. Yeah. It's worth it, I think. I think so. Uh, I forgot your shades. Uh <laughs> Is the message. Uh, and I do like the, like I said earlier, I do like the heavy metal version. Dun, 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 yeah. dun. 
But yeah, it's Anthony Hopkins giving him like a hello, Ethan. Sorry to disturb you on your vacation. He didn't tell us where you were. Well, this is in Seville, Spain. And you forgot. Oh, no, that's in the next scene. So first we get the mission. The mission itself is that he can choose any two crew members, but, but he, he has, has to, to include Naya Nordoff Hall as well. Right. She's and an he, expert thief. And then we get the let me know where you're going next time you go on holiday. Did you catch the uh, Star Wars wipe transition, but with a skirt? Yep. What'd you think? You impressed? Very impressed. <laughs> but it's just Dude, they are they are comping those skirts in so hard in mm-hmm. the, this next few scenes. Yeah, that's in Seville, Spain. Ethan's lurking about a dance party. And I put Tandy fucking Newton because I, I was like, what? Uh, he breaks into the room that she's breaking into. Well, the, so they, they, they meet these. They're like staring at each other across the dance floor. There's like a professional, you know, dancing troupe kind of putting on a show. Yeah. And they see each other. And it's so bad. Like, it's one of those things you're like, oh, I have a great idea. They're going to see each other. But, like, in slow motion, the dancers' skirts are going to be floating in the screen with them. It's going to frame them. But the the dancers are being shot at a different frame rate. So it looks... It's they it just and they're and they're comped in like they're like they're not in the actual shot. So they're shooting the dancers at a different frame rate, comp, Composited. Comp, compositing them in and post. And it just looks so alien and strange. And I don't think it achieves what they're hoping it achieves. Nothing about this movie is what they intended. I guess. Yes, so true. <laughs> no way, dude. Like I appreciate like trying to like, how do we make the scene look more epic? Like and like they're going for it. But I just don't think it's succeeding. No, 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 no. So he breaks into the room she's breaking into. They lay sexually in a, in a bathtub to hide. Uh, and there's like a little interplay there. Like, do you mind if I'm on top? It's very Bond-like is what I wrote. Like yeah. you, you pointed out in the opening there. Um, she's looking for a ball. There's gu- some porny music playing too. This Gotta whole be. scene like. Gotta be. And the whole shot is just like up her skirt and down her cleavage. And mm-hmm. Tom Cruise's smiling face. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> honestly, I now have PTSD. Um, and she's looking for the Bulgarian necklace. <laughs> it's booby over the shoulder shot. That's in my note. It's, that was what was in the shooting script. Yeah. Uh, and then the alarm goes off and uh, he's his name is Mr. Keys and he's the security chief. What the fuck? How did he go through an entire job interview process with a resume work as that guy long enough for that guy to be so comfortable and confident? Hey, man, it's a mission impossible game. OK, <laughs> not mission difficult. Yeah. He said. Uh, so he says he wants to work with her. He's the one that triggered the alarm. Um, and he, he triggers it there again. Yeah. And you can hear, it was a good scene. That's funny. You can hear him panicking again in the background. And then she drives away furiously from the cheeky Boston. And the frame rate slows down. Like this shit drives me nuts in movies, especially like older movies in the two thousands where they like want something to be in slow motion, but they did not shoot in the proper frame rate. This movie. So it's jittery. It's this movie is rife with it. It's and it shot drives like me nuts. Charlie's angels full throttle. But oh, it, starring uh, Drew Barrymore. But does, yes, <laughs> one of her best movies. But it does not like have the goofy charm of even those movies. And so it's just weird. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like I can much more comfortably watch Charlie's Angels than I can this. Um, anyway, like it's it, it, you're marrying John Woo with the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible style. And there's nobody to but, check his ego. But neither. Or like, but neither creative vision is allowed to breathe to its fullest extent. Yes. So you don't get like the, all the good of John Woo. You don't get all the good of the mission impossible. So it just doesn't mesh well at all. It gels into a soup that Adam driver would not approve of bad soup. Yeah. Bad soup. He would throw it on the ground. Mm-hmm. It would throw it right at, uh, oh, what's her face who wrote curls. Everybody hates her now. Oh, I don't know. 
Yeah, doesn't matter. It would have been funny though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> beep, boop, boop. Anyway, Cher, uh, who wrote Girls? Le- Lena, Dun- Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. There you go. You, yeah, he throws it right at Lena Dunham. She's the other person in that scene, Steve. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I let you down. <laughs> she drives away furiously from the cheeky bastard. And uh, wow, look at that car phone that she had, right? Oh, Those beautiful. were the days. What a thing of beauty. I think it's a Motorola right on it, too. And then he pulls up driving right behind her. He, he has the number. <laughs> I don't even have this number. Would you like it? Or he's not British. Would you like it? Uh, <laughs> and he offers her freedom from Scotland Yard, Interpol, and every Dutch authority. And at that point, she says, you're a spy. Uh, crikey. <laughs> crikey. <laughs> and there's a. Uh, and then there's some made dude. There is some major car foreplay happening. What here. Oh is my this God. scene? It's like a Fast and Furious thing because they're homicidally flirting. Right. Like they think it's cute, but she almost kills him multiple times. And other innocent people, innocent bystanders. Uh, He crash saves her with this full Fast and Furious absurdity. I love when they like get side by side and they're spinning. and There's that slow motion where their hair is. And then you say you hear Enya in the back. And this there's no tension to this scene because. She was doing it to fuck around, and now her life's in danger. So it she's makes about it dumb. to find out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Whereas if there was some kind of, she was scared of him or was trying to get away. I was like, the scene could work if she was angry and trying to run away or something. She's just being cheeky. She's just being a cheeky she's bastard. Having a laugh. This is what <laughs> she's having a laugh. Um, and then they have a dangle cuddle. And now listen to this. I know that Steve is. I haven't seen this in so long. Yeah, dangly cuddles. My notes are all caps. Slow mo spin. Dangle cuddle. Then all caps. They kiss. Space, space, space. They fuck. <laughs> Why? Right. My notes go. What's your name? Who wants to be decent? Next bullet point. All caps. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> and I know. Let them fuck. Right. Yeah. Let them fuck. It just seems like it's totally in the wrong franchise at this point and totally unearned. Yeah. They uh, and this whole movie they. This is one of the biggest problems, I think, with the movie is that they make it so that Ethan one. and Naya are just just in love. They're so in love, dude. Oh, my God. I didn't realize how much I could love somebody. Yeah. But you just don't like. Yeah. You guys are just hot people doing hot people shit and fucking like. Sure. Good on you. I'm glad you, you can. Yeah, Good for you. I, I can't do it. I'm happy someone can. Get out there. Get yours. Get yeah. your snack. Buffet's open. All right. <laughs> I almost make kids eat free on Tuesdays, but that's not. No, no not that. No. Uh, but, no, they do not. But it's just so unbelievable that they're like, I, I love you so damn much. I'll kill for you. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that's the effect she has on people. I mean, look at Doug. I only brought one parachute, but I'll be right back with Bellerophon. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't kill you. Uh, so he he watches her sleep, uh, and then she happily Great. wakes up, and Great. they make out. And then I put Anthony fucking Hopkins because this is the theme for this movie. Trust me. Uh, and I put is the head of IMF. Uh, and then they watch the video of Einstein talking about Bellerophon and the hero Bellerophon. and shit again. <laughs> meet me in Atlanta, Dimitri. Meet me in Atlanta. The ice coffee's terrible. It's the uh, it's French now. It's the video. <laughs> Uh, it's this video that brought the thieves, right? The thieves. And um, he says, I'm sorry. And you're sorry. And there's a whole bunch of shit about that. You're, sor- you're sorry. And I'm sorry. Why did you phrase it like that? Marsha. Why did you say that name? Martha. <laughs> Martha. <laughs> um, 
And Anthony Hopkins has some like strange zingers in the scene too. Like every scene he's in, he's like dropping these odd zingers for him to throw out. Like honoring their saints by setting them on fire. Damn near set me on fire on the way in. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) Can we get a cappuccino machine in here? (laughs) Uh, So the whole plot of this movie is basically Ethan Hunt took PTO unapproved. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they had to send the, yeah. If you go on vacation, we send dirty cops who will impersonate you and have world ending plots devised. Mm -hmm. So don't go on vacay. Right. Uh, that's the plot of this movie. So Sean Ambrose was told by IMF to impersonate Ethan on this mission. And then he went rogue and devised this mission to make money. Um, and Naya and Ambrose had a previous relationship. That's what she's there for. That's why she's a mandatory member of this mission. They want her to seduce him, use her for that. Right. Um, and then everybody's a misogynist in this movie, except for our core team. Cause Anthony Hopkins in this scene, uh, go to bed with a man and lie. She's a woman. She's got all the training she needs. <laughs> to been doing that. Gross. Yeah, all they do is fuck dudes and lie. I'm Anthony Hopkins. There's only one woman in this movie, and we're going to throw shade at her constantly. Constantly, Just my dude. never ending. <laughs> uh, won't, can't stop, won't stop. This is not mission difficult, Ethan Hunt. It's mission impossible. This is uh, mission fuck bitches get money. <laughs> Am I right? So uh, he tells Naya that it's Sean Ambrose, and this is the scene where she talked about they swapped roles and stuff and he was yelling at her a bunch and stuff. Um, oh, this one. Okay. Yeah. On the balcony right there. So they argue about how, when you he know, just weirdly gets in her face and he's like, would it make you feel better if I didn't want you to do this? And she's like, absolutely. He's like, let's feel better. Yeah. This is the, like, sh- like, the reason damn. she couldn't pull it off is because the writing is fucking dumb because the whole thing about this scene is that like the tension is supposed to be that he, he doesn't want her to fuck Sean because he's jealous because he loves her. And like, you know what I mean? Like, they, yeah, but they met yesterday this and now gross, he's jealous. Dude. Yeah. Like the whole, that's why she wasn't feeling it because the scene's fucking dumb. Uh, like, you don't even know me, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, I tried to run you off the road yesterday. I know I'm not going to go to my abusive ex-boyfriend for, for yeah. what? For what? Why would I leave you and go hang out with Gray Scott? <laughs> <laughs> he's not even Wolverine. He's not even Wolverine. He's third on the callback <laughs> sheet. Thinks he's turning the roll down to do this. It's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, that's the whole thing where they're arguing about that. Uh, and it, it wouldn't make him suspicious if she was seriously in trouble as the whole the beat that this the scene ends on. Right. So they decide to put her in prison and he'll know you're locked up because He's the type of guy. I know him. Every expositional point in this movie hinges on the fact that Sean and Ethan know each other so well. Right. Because like in this scene, he's like, I know Sean. He'll be checking all these databases constantly. But we don't know that they know each other. Like we've never seen this dude before. Maybe if this was a guy that they had some sort of like uh, relationship or like antagonistic sort of relationship, like in the first movie, maybe. Or if it was Kittredge or something. Yeah. But like, it's like, oh, I know him so much. We used to hang out all the time. I would go to his house for slumber parties. We'd watch the big game together. And uh, I just know what he thinks. He always ate all the Hot Pockets, never gave me any. None. I hate him so much. I meant to say pizza rolls, but I'll run with it. (laughs) Oh, God. I never gave him my pizza rolls. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like this movie has no resemblance to the first one in any way, except that the guy's name is also Ethan Hunt. Otherwise, it's an entirely different franchise. He's got different hair. 
Everything. He shoots is, guns now. That is fun. I, I do love the the trend that Ethan has short hair on the odd numbered movies, mm-hmm. but long hair on the even numbered movies. It's great. Yeah. Is that, is that still a thing? Is that still alive? Pretty much. Okay. It I shows the passage of time pretty well, kind of, because like by the time you're fresh on the last one, it seems different again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so they so they, they stage her getting mug, mug shots and everything about being captured. They put a transponder chip in her ankle that can only be read by one computer in the world. And this they, one and can't be scanned by any security devices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his crew is Luther. It's Luther. And uh, Billy uh, Baird. Billy Baird. Also known as uh, I can't think of his fucking name. Everybody's gonna punch me in the face. He's the sweetest man on the planet. Got killed by a stingray. Oh, uh, uh, Steve Irwin. Yeah, it's uh, his crew is Luther and Steve Irwin. That would have been a funny joke. But I fucked it up. I mean, he really is. He's like he's really he's the most stereotypical Australian guy ever. Crikey, Luther, look at you. Good eye. Good eye. I'm re- really honored to be working with you, mates. Did the toilets go backwards? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Uh, and Luther steps in poo-poo with his Gucci shoes. $800 uh, Gucci shoes. That's right. And then we get, we cut to Naya in a boat going to Sean. Uh, and, ooh, we see like a satellite moving and tracking her. Um, Billy's a big fan of Luther, which is, Billy's a pretty funny guy throughout this movie. He's a good presence. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like Zach Galifianakis in, in The Hangover, the Alan character. Because there's a part where Luther's really frustrated about not being able to hack in fast enough to something. And uh, and, and Billy's, Billy's just like, ah, dang. And it's, it's like just the, so supportive. It's like that scene in Hangover when uh, Bradley Cooper is like, fuck, God damn it, kicking the dirt. And then Alan's behind him going, gosh, darn it. And even though he doesn't know what he's so angry about. This is what it reminded me of. Uh, but the fucking slow-mo is already killing me. And little did I know it was never going to stop. Uh and the scene where he greets Naya, Sean Ambrose's character, is so weird. It's like this slow-mo, the scarf blows away in the wind. And, and he, he catches it. He angrily grabs the scarf <gasps> and, like, slow, wraps it around her. It's so weird. Uh, How did you find me? Like, I always find you. Magic. Magic. And then he, like, threw a smoke bomb and disappeared. But you could see him running in the background. <laughs> I would love this movie so much more and this character so much more if there was an element of he's like a wannabe magician so he's always doing like close up magic to people <laughs> he reminds me of his buddy uh, Hugh is the is doing you know the, the TikTok guys that like hold up the blanket yeah. and they like drop it and one of them like hides, yeah, hides it's the just the two of them doing that <laughs> shit he is definitely that guy like uh, Hugh is so obsessed with Sean Oh, like, no. He's like, please fuck me, Sean. Yes. Get rid of this lady. Just me and you. That's all I want. Can I say something, though, about Hugh? Sure. He doesn't need Sean. <laughs> so He does not. A, Hugh, you're a snack, number one. You don't <laughs> need that bad boy in your life. Number two, the operation would not run without Hugh. Like, what, yeah. is, what is Sean bringing to the table? I don't know. Other than constantly introducing things, ruining their plans. Yeah. Poor Hugh. He gets his finger cut off for no good reason other than saying, like, hey, I'm going to I'm just going to point out the obvious and say that uh, I don't I don't trust this shit. She just happens to show up right now. Uh, yeah. I think this is shady. I don't cut off my finger. <laughs> yeah. 
His, uh, I put his creepy friend is jealous, but you're right. It's Sean that's creepy. Hugh's sweet. Yeah, they keep calling Hugh creepy, but he never I, strikes I me as creepy. He's just, he's, he's like standing. He doesn't trust her. He's just doing his he job. He's just like, I don't trust this chick, but they're like, he's such a creep. He wants all the attention of Sean. That's now, all. if he was like in the background, like the only thing you change about this character is you just add, give him the tick where he's constantly like rubbing his tummy. Then, yeah, the creepy thing fits. <laughs> or sucking a finger. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of his fingers, just one. <laughs> Audio <laughs> listeners, Steve is on one today. He's heavy breathing. Wait till Thursday. You're going to lose yeah, well, your mind. Yeah, the, the heavy breathing is on Thursday. So she passes the scan test. There's no bugs on her, they think. And all cats are. What the fuck? Uh, and then. We just rolled up a snowball and tossed it into hell. <laughs> 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 get it? A snowball's chance? Uh, and yeah, but then, I didn't get the all cats are one. That's when I'm like, what? I don't, uh, that must be a Sydney thing. I don't. So then Sean sexually assaults her uh, for the mission. Because again, she's the only woman in this movie. He makes her change in front of him, staring hungrily the whole time. And then I assume they fuck because mm-hmm. he says later and then it cuts and then she's like naked in bed later on yeah so luther and ethan uh are watching the einstein video again the vladimir video and the tale of bellerophon and chimera is again told Bellerophon. the greek roots welcome to dr nekorovich's youtube channel <laughs> like and subscribe i'm going to tell you about bellerophon smash the like button to to go to Atlanta with me. Let me tell you how mid Chimera is. <laughs> so mid. Such an L. Such an L. <laughs> and then Hugh is is, is worried, right, uh, as Sean is going over the various 37 million pound bids for the drug. He's mad about Naya being there. Do you trust her? Uh, and then he gets the cigar cutter to the hand for doubting Sean's aware of all of this, right? And this is the most bizarre fucking scene in the world he's basically an incel who oh there's a lot of sexual chemistry or energy in this scene where he's like behind him like oh man i'm, I'm all about the the gay energy what oh, i'm yeah. upset about is the incel energy because the basis of this scene is look dude you're putting the pussy on a pedestal man you think she's fucking gagging for your dick because she is not so he cuts his yeah, finger they- off and goes you know who's gagging for sex me baby i know <laughs> it's a bad idea i love to fuck i don't care that's the scene yeah. it's wild and he cuts his finger off for just pointing out the obvious he's like i agree with you i just don't care <laughs> yeah because it's been a long time and daddy's tired of the dry season <laughs> <laughs> Like basically Hugh goes bonk horny jail and then he cuts his finger off. Like, don't bonk horny jail me. <laughs> no. My dick's hard right now. And I don't care. And you gotta take it. And Hugh's like, I'd like to. And he's I like, what? Come and he goes, out what? Of my eyes. I'm so stopped up. <laughs> it's so wild, dude. And then we such a weird scene. We cut to a horse race. Uh, and there's a horse named Thief in the Night. That's why she picked it. It's so cute, right? And she's pretending to be his girlfriend and having a good time. Do you um, still favor Bellinis? Yeah. Oh, that's what I meant to like craft like a, a, a virgin Bellini for us to enjoy. But is I, that a drink? A Bellini? Yeah. I don't even know, man. It's it's what is it? it I, it's kind of like a here. Let me look. Is up it like there. a derby cocktail? No, it's like a pretty standard With like mint or julep or something. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bellinis are sparkling Italian cocktails made with two simple ingredients, Prosecco and peach puree. Oh, stunning. So stunning. <laughs> 
Uh, with Prosecco in it. Oh, God. Speaking of... Negroni. I just went full Sean Ambrose thinking about that scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know it's a bad idea. I'm gagging for it, Steve. So I Hugh, don't like that phrase, the, the gagging for it. I it's am, It's fucking gross. So Hugh is, uh, is watching everything with his finger wounded now. And uh, Billy passes her an earpiece. Naturally right? vain. And then my next note is... <laughs> Brendan fucking Gleason, because again, this keeps happening in this movie. He's the CEO of Biosite, John McCloy, uh, not to be confused with John McClane. And you could be confused because later this movie tries to turn into Die Hard and she picks, she pickpockets him immediately, takes his money out of his left jacket pocket. And Can then, you confirm left jacket pocket? Well, they hammered that home. Confirm left jacket because pocket. Because she puts it in her right jacket pocket later. And then when she, when he gets home, he's talking to someone who doesn't. It's, to it's directly to the audience. But my he says right to Hugh, jacket my right jacket pocket. Wink. <laughs> like, just look in the camera and say shit like that if you're going to be that bold. Uh, but I'm anyway. still gagging for it. Uh, wink, wink. So, yeah, she takes the money and he says, don't worry, you're going to pay for it later with interest. Ew. Gross. Ew. I, I don't like the implication of that. Hugh starts to follow her. Billy stops him, slamming the door into his like wounded finger accidentally. Or oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> he gets like choked out for it. Yeah, then Hugh like just like puts him, puts him in a chokehold and like I might like starts making fun of him. Like, yeah, like you're not British too. You're, threatens come on, him bro. so hard and then goes, "Where's the bathroom?" <laughs> And then I guess he fucking actually goes to the bathroom. Oh, because yeah. He goes later to get on, the blood off his finger. It's yeah, more important. Later on, he's like, oh, he's out of the loop. He's out of like, the loop. You think he would just be like, oh, no, I need to follow her. He was going to hold the shit to follow her, but then his finger got bloody and he's like, I can handle all of this at once. Well, while I'm here, I got to blow it out. <laughs> that way I'm not gagging for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then we we cut to betting table twelve with Naya and Ethan, who's very dangerously meeting up with her to to swap the the memory chip card that he's gotten so he can watch the camera footage. What you gonna do? Spank? What are you me? gonna do? Spank me? Uh, I had that note too, buddy. Uh, Luther shows up super I'm, uncomfortable. I'm here. <laughs> I love that shot of him awkwardly like running up between him. He's out of breath. Like I just ran for the van, guys. And they're being so weird. Why are y'all looking at each other? <laughs> spank who? What's going on? Uh, honestly, Ethan, am I going to get a spanking? Luther's the best part of this movie. He is. Um, so, yeah, the footage is Chimera doing its thing. It's Gradsky. He's dead as fuck. Uh, th- took 34 hours to kill him. So he wants her out of there. Just, uh, ah, ah, I love you so much. <laughs> uh, uh, would you be pushing so many pencils, Naya? <laughs> you went a little Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> nah. uh, Let's and then right as Hugh walks up, she just got the bet placed, and Ethan just smoke-bombed out of there. Uh, so she slips it back into Hugh, uh, sorry, Sean's pocket, but he felt her, and she put it in the wrong pocket. Oh. My right jacket pocket. <laughs> Such a dumb telegram to the audience. Uh, and I, I, for some reason, I was getting so mad. My next, I don't know why. My next note is, oh, Hayden Christensen looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Sean Ambrose. Oh. <laughs> uh, I hate sand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the vibe he's giving me. Uh, his performance he in this does movie. does look like, he looks like Hayden Christensen now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I was getting so angry at the movie, my note is, you old 
Hayden Christensen looking motherfucker. <laughs> Not a helpful note for a podcast, but I was angry. Uh, McCloy, we cut to McCloy leaving his office. Uh, Sean's crew's looking on. George, he's looking for the driver of his car. It, it, anyway, it all turns out it was Ethan Hunt with one of his face masks on. They gassed him. Get, pretending to give I, him I love, Chimera so they would get him to confess. I love how they add the extra detail of taking time to print up a false newspaper with the headline like, CEO dies of rare influenza before uh, he passes out. What? No, I didn't. Um, right here. George. I, he's still, this whole time, he never believes that George betrayed him. No. Like, he's Where's getting George? gas. There's a weird newspaper. His drinks smell funny. Uh, like, it's not his normal car. But George is a G. George right? would never do that. He would never do that. George just, is frequently curious, but that's his only flaw. Find someone like George in your life where you can trust implicitly. Implicitly. Like we all need a George. Yeah. We cut to Naya very obviously telegraphing her sneaking about. I don't know why she's not just. Sean. She's like. Sean. Like, Sean, are you home? She's playing Sean? the Mission Impossible theme song in her head. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to the bathroom, Sean, if you are home. I'm taking a shit. Don't come in here. <laughs> Someone's in here. She runs into a uh, hipster Ethan Hunt. It's Ethan in a beanie. <laughs> and she's so happy about that. We Hey, you want some PBR? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which means and then but we get the like simultaneous reveal that Ethan was Vladimir. And so therefore, hipster Ethan must be Sean mm-hmm. and it becomes sinister. And he he's like, you gotta do do whatever Sean wants, even that thing you never willing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Especially that thing you never want to do. Mm-hmm. Just sit, do whatever he wants. All right. Yeah. Twice. Also, g- give him like a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> he really, he really needs it. Yeah, let him be player one when you're playing Mario Kart, and yeah, that way he can pick Yoshi. Why? I like being. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he, he, he really wants that Yoshi thing. It's just this is mission critical, right? <laughs> Like, why? Yoshi's Island is his favorite game, okay? And when he rips the mask off, it's like his feelings are hurt because he's gagging for it so much. And now he knows he has to, he has to get rid of it. I have to say, like, even though the, the mask thing is way overused in this movie, the effect is really good. Like, like I agree. Because the effect in the first movie like, was... turned into a mask right as they touch it. Yeah. It's really well, well actually, done. Actually, the, I think the, the mask reveal on the plane is actually something they shot all at the same time. So both actors are on green screen, like he's not actually on the plane in that shot. They're both on a green screen. And so Tom Cruise is acting and they just have Tom Cruise, you know, mimic pulling a thing off of his face. And just like, I guess, five feet to the right is Dogre Scott pulling off a mask, revealing his face in the same way. Yeah. But the mask he's pulling off has some sort of like receivers on it so they can they're transplanting Tom Cruise's face on there digitally in real time. Yeah. So they actually recorded that in a single take with some like very minimal post compositing. It's like live action compositing happening. Yeah. And it looks fucking great. It does. Especially for like the year 2000. Yeah. Very clever. Good effect. Very clever stuff. I mean, John Woo knows his stuff from a technical standpoint. There's no doubt about it. That's why part of this. It's like I said, there's so much talent on on every level. There's some stuff that happens later on the movie that looks dog shit. There's some birds. I mean, the birds look great. There's a lot of birds. I wish there was. You know what? I could have done with some more. The the fifth time there's a bird, I lost my mind. 
I, w- I could have done for almost birds threw my, constantly. I almost threw my laptop. Um, Did the, when the sixth bird happened, were you back in? <laughs> you know what? It's like <laughs> when a joke a goes bitch, too I'm long in. and then becomes funny again. Uh, so yeah, it, where are we at? Where are we at? So the hipster Ethan is telling her to obey Sean. Uh, we find out basically from Ethan that Ambrose doesn't have the virus. He doesn't have Chimera. Only He only has Bellerophon. Um, so then, but again, they're a step ahead of Ethan every way. Uh, we cut to Billy dropping McCloyd off and pretending, where's George? Like, let it go, man. Where's my boy? Uh, Luther and Ethan are plotting on breaking into Biosite while Sean plots on capturing Ethan by knowing everything Ethan's going to do. Yep. He'll undoubtedly engage in some aerobatic insanity before Hillary is horning a hair on a security guard's head. That's pretty good, sure. Sean. Yeah. Before we can find out if Sean's predictions of Ethan's, you know, mission come true. You know, there's a couple people that I consider our own personal George. That's true. Yeah, these are people that never let us down. They're always there for us. They would never let us get gassed or have a fake newspaper about us dying of a rare influenza disease show up on our doorstep. They would never let that happen. They They are are true G's. That's what G stands for is George. Mm -hmm. And that is our patrons who are producing this month of streaming things. Uh, let us give them a shout out. These are the super patrons who have gone on the patreon.com slash streaming things and have supported us at the tiers $25 and higher. Uh, that is Chester Copperpot, Stanton Valentino, Svento7, Jaron Bowers, Jenny, a.k.a. Ashley Ray, Alan Tomlinson, Wendy O'Loughlin, Jason Hawkins, Trey Barrera, Conrad, Ooh. David Malfara, Kaylee Sampson, Rabbit Dog in a Barbie Car, Jose Ruben Cruz Rodriguez, Alexis Adler, Thomas Alexander, Emmy, Joe Velez, Valerie, Aaron Layton, John Collins, Amanda King, Son, Loving Mortal, Andrew Gray, Jinglish Morgoon, Jen Robinson, Kate, Chloe Richardson, Kalisha Reeves, Kiki Newton, Kevin Strother, Jeanette Murphy, Holy Casey shit. McCain, and uh, all those people. Thank you so much. Thank you to the other patrons Sincerely. who support us as well. And thank you, listener, for just listening. Y'all are great. Jake the Snake. <laughs> I loved I, I Every time you say Jake the Snake, I want to quote one of his uh, wrestling promos, but I can never get it right. Something about avarice, like you're drowning in your own muck of avarice. <laughs> like it's, it's actually a pretty dope line. DDT. DDT. And then it became a regular move. It was his finisher, and it just became like a normal move. You think that pisses him off, probably? Pisses me off. Uh, and we cut to the aerobatic insanity. Okay, hold on, real quick. What do you mean? Are you looking up a Jake the Snake I'm thing? looking up the muck of avarice. This is why we can't stay on task. Okay, I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll move on. No, we'll let's move do on. it, man. A victim of your own greed, <laughs> wallowing in the muck of avarice. Sorry. Do you think he had to use a thesaurus when making that character? No, he's a pretty smart guy. Yeah, Jake the Snake. I'm yeah. not saying he, Okay, you're, you're right. I was saying that. The drugs took him, but... Yeah. I mean, he's still alive. Been but there. The drugs took him. Been there. Yeah. But he's a smart dude. Vince McMahon probably drugged him. Probably. Kind of... Speaking of avarice. There's a great six-part series on the podcast Behind the Bastards about Vince McMahon. It's fascinating. It's behind the bastards, a uh, like former wrestler run show or something. No, it's it just it's a podcast about like bastards in history. Mm. Oh, really? And Vince McMahon's one of them. Yeah, and they just had a six part series. So only two people have had long enough episodes where they had to do six parts. That's Vince McMahon and Hitler. I don't know if they've done Hitler. No, not Hitler. But um, shit, we just talked about him. the dude who just turned a hundred. Hundred years old. He just turned a hundred years old. Fuck, why am I blanking on his name? The the 
It, it talks like this. Uh, he's a diplomat dude. He bombed a bunch of people in Vietnam. Bill Clinton? No, we just talked about this guy. <laughs> he bombed people Henry in Kissinger. We didn't talk about Henry Kissinger. We just talked about you Henry and Kissinger. I? Yeah, with we Madison. Have. We just did because you like brought him up. Like, who's the guy who just had a birthday? Like Henry what? Kissinger. That didn't happen. That 100% happened. I don't know Henry Kissinger, who that is. Oh, okay. So it couldn't have been me. It sounds like a Phil conversation because he's a smart guy. Mm, could be. Maybe I'm getting, I, you know, it, I've literally been podcasting nonstop for a week. So yeah. and it's all running together. I know for it me. wasn't me because I don't know who that is. Okay. <laughs> no, leave that in. <laughs> Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> we have to listen to ourselves. You got to stay in. Um, so we cut to the aerobatic insanity that Sean was talking about. And he was, in fact, right. Ethan drops in from a chopper through like the little fucking great things. Fence, yeah. I don't know how helicopters aren't easy but for security to spot. But, OK, let's ignore all of that. This hey, is the better plan. Hey guys, there's a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be over literally hovering above the roof? They've been up there a while. I can hear it. Oh, there's a guy dropping down on a rope. I don't think they're legally allowed to be this close to the building. <sighs> Call them in. Um, shoot them down. <laughs> so he drops in. They open at the last second uh, and he falls right in front of a guard. And it's almost like, hey, this is a sequel. Doesn't this look a lot like the scene you love so much from the first one? Uh, yeah, because he even does like the splayed his arms out. Like, yeah, that is how it. you stop. Though. I don't know if you've ever I don't know if you've ever belayed before. Have you belayed? I have. Mm. So when you pull the uh, rope like that, that's how that works. Mm. So that was nice. I have repelled. I have skydived. I'm not an active person. I didn't enjoy any of that. I just have friends that are, and they make me do stuff. I, I like hate skydiving. I would do that again if it wasn't <laughs> so much money. I would not. That was, that was not pleasant. Um, but yeah, Ving Rhames is so good. I can't say that enough. Like in this scene, he's what makes it like funny and intense. Uh, like his, yeah, he's very good at this. His role. commentary is so good, keeping me engaged as much as I can be. So the cable gets clear. Uh, and then the narration by Sean being a step ahead of him every way is so fucking annoying because it, it belies the ego of this movie. The fact that Ethan is so good at what he does, like the fact that Sean, it's not menacing. It's, it's annoying, like deus ex douchebaggery. Well, it also is kind of, because we know this is Mission Impossible for us, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Ethan's jumping through all the Ethan is jumping through all these hoops to get in here, and Sean and company literally just waltz through the front door and shoot a security guard. Well, it's because they're willing to kill. Sure, but that means that in theory, Ethan should be able to walk into there and knock a guy out. Sure, in the same exact I, I think way. We can assume they killed more than that one guy that on one their guy? way up. Yeah, the one guy. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, Hugh comes in and there's a weird scene where like the guards know him, I guess. It's like, What's this? You're on time for once? Not exactly sport. I wrote, Jesus Christ. Like, it's just it's bad interplay. Uh, and it, this is where the movie kind of tries to become diehard. Uh, Naya is in the building. But he can't, they can't reach Ethan because the generators. Mm hmm. Uh, Ethan's trying to destroy Chimera, but he won't get the ones in the guns because that's what Sean said in the voiceover. So that's why I can, I can assume happens uh, at the last moment. He's got one more Chimera thing to destroy. And instead of doing it, he spends his time remembering that Vladimir video. <laughs> well, he's he's putting together because and, and this is another thing that the, the movie, Chimera was in his blood. The movie. You know what they're doing. Like, you know, the Chimera was in his blood. You know, Sean wants to. Yeah. They, they act like it's some sort of reveal that, oh, my God, he's going to release the virus so that they can make money off the antidote. 
what? They make like that to be such a reveal. And it's already revealed it's by like, the speech that uh, that uh, McCloy gave. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, we know. We know all this. But he, in this moment, he's realizing, oh, uh, Sean doesn't have the virus because yeah. Dr. Whatever infected himself. He wasn't carrying He was the carrier. Whoa. But, Whoa. but as an audience, you're like, yeah, we watched this happen. Yeah. That's what I, I misremembered the beginning because they made it such a reveal here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, right as he's remembering all that stuff or realizing that stuff, Sean and company bust in shooting a thousand bullets, somehow missing Ethan and somehow no. being able to risk hitting the virus. They don't hit Ethan. They don't hit the virus. They don't even hit the bomb that Ethan planted. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, but they do put a bomb on Luther's van. But luckily, he's got his rear view side mirrors pointed all the way at the ground. And he's so able to see, see the puddle. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, and then, but, but his jacket gets caught as he's jumping out of the van. Oh, no, that's a, probably an $800 Gucci jacket. Is he dead? Uh, Ethan is dual wielding pistols now <laughs> when we cut back to him. And Naya enters the picture. And then right as Ethan sees her is when Luther gets to safety and is able to operate the radio and says, Nia's in the building, which is funny. And Thank you. Thanks. Uh, women, mate. Someone <laughs> has been slipping you our mail. <laughs> he says, women, mate, like monkeys they are. Uh, won't she, let go of one branch till they get a grip of the next. Yeah. Gross. And there's a long, tense moment. Why? She decides to inject the virus because she knows that's her safest bet. If she hands it to him, he's just going to shoot her. Uh, so now she, he needs to keep her. I don't know why he needs to keep her alive. Couldn't he get her blood? I guess the blood cells start to die. Maybe it's not useful anymore. Yeah, it's probably best to keep her. Then You need a fresh. You need a fresh one. You need a fresh one, yeah. Uh, and then there's a 20-hour clock on it, or we've established that many times throughout this movie. We've got 19 hours and 58 minutes to get you Bellerophon. Ah! <laughs> there's a big explosion, more slow-mo, and then she realizes you can't get both of us out of here, can you? He's like, no. I only brought one parachute. And it's for me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Maybe I could like, I probably could hold you. Uh, no, this is the weight differential. Not worth the risk. Mm. I might get hurt. Sorry, this pack's built for one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she says, shoot me. Shoot me, bro. Because I know you can't, you can't let this get out. I'll get too many people sick. And he it, dramatically acts like he's going to do it for a hot second. Uh, I do need to shoot you, I think. <laughs> mm. I guess but it's not it, contagious. I, I don't know. Is it fucking contagious or is it not? Because they act they like act she's like ground is. zero for Sydney. Like yeah. it's, but then so many people are around her and Vladimir that it doesn't seem to be an issue. Until she's out in the wilderness. I guess. <laughs> Maybe after the 20 hours is when it also becomes contagious. Uh, so Sean asks her if she feels like pleading for her life because he's got the, in the next scene in the car because he's got the Bellerophon there. She slaps him instead. Uh, and he's like, fine, I wasn't going to do it anyway. You'll go down as the typhoid Mary of Oz. Mm, I don't it? get it. What are we? What's the Oz bit? I don't know. Remember? Wizard? Like wizard? I assume that's, I didn't quite, I was like, I think you're mixing metaphors here. Does he mean the HBO prison show? He loves that show. <laughs> he's gagging for it. And then Ethan says that Naya will take care of Naya, meaning she'll kill herself if, if they don't hurry. Uh, we cut to Ethan climbing again. He's been practicing. Uh, and we get the old spinning stomach kick to knock them unconscious. <laughs> it's the most dramatic, overindulgent way to take out one guard. He like runs up to him like, I'm a sneaky man and like drop kicks him. Judo throws him and then does a cartwheel kick into the guy's stomach. 
stomach. Which makes him unconscious. Which, yeah, knocks him out. So I was, honestly, all of the anger and ire that I spewed at the beginning of this movie didn't actually kick in until right here. I was actually having an the spinny okay, kick? silly the time. Kick? It's this whole sequence, starting with the stomach knockout. We see fucking birds, which is the the signature of John Woo. The pigeons doves. here. It's usually so doves, doves, but it's pigeons in this case. And they're uh, they're taking her blood, which is loaded with chimera. No shit, scientist. Hey, guys, there's chimera in this. Also, if he's got like a computer that's like, yep, these are all the signs of chimera. Can't you just make more chimera if uh, you know what goes into it? I guess. I don't know how science works. I'm not a science know. guy. I don't know. We find out that uh, Sean wants cash, $30 million is what he's offered, and stock options. Are you familiar with stock options, Steve? I've dabbled in the stock market. Yeah. So that'll make him a billionaire by the time that the stock price of Biosite goes up. And also primary shareholder and owner of Biosite, which at first McCloy is not cool with. So we also find out this is where they're dropping her off in Sydney to infect all of Australia, starting with Sydney. Uh and uh, we get more birds in slow-mo. Ethan Scorpion kicks a dude in doves. He does. Like he goes, he runs through the doves <laughs> and Scorpion kicks a dude. And then he shoots like a pipe bomb at the door and blows up the, f and then we get this epic flaming entryway reflected in the eyes of Sean Ambrose. And then a Dove. fucking bird and Ethan fly by. <laughs> I, I, but Ethan just gave some stank eye. I, I wrote door frame on fire. Dove flies through. Ethan does the alien from signs. Like, yeah. <laughs> where he just kind of walks by. Walks by and looks through the door. <laughs> uh, Vamanos. So he sends his boyfriend Hugh off to kill him. He's like, go get him. Uh, I got to continue this negotiation. He's better than this. So Hugh now deserves better. We've got three birds so far. And I put Jesus fucking Christ, another bird. Uh, and then he drop kicks Hugh. Uh, and I don't know why he's not. Oh, the bird almost like turned heel because uh, yeah, he's like, Ethan's back here. Hugh walks by and the bird's like, he's right here. No, because we find out somehow it was Ethan's plan this whole time to impersonate Hugh. So he had to have made the really expensive, difficult to make face masks of himself and Hugh prior to entering this. this is so true. he needed to be alone with Hugh. And so the bird was just following the plan. Maybe the bird was part of Hugh's or part of Ethan's Here's team. what you don't know. It's like, here's, here's Pidgey the pigeon. The bird is Billy Baird with a bird mask on. Good eye, mate. I wish one of the birds would have pulled its face <laughs> off. And it was just... <laughs> that would have not surprised me at all. Uh, it would have been a better movie. Uh, so he drop kicks Hugh for some reason. He keeps doing like wrestling moves all throughout this sequence. Hugh's uh, kicking his ass though. Why is Hugh not shooting Ethan? It makes no fucking sense. He like puts pulls a gun on him and he's like, "Don't move." Oh, that's yeah. Because he, I guess, because he wants to have uh, Sean. He loves Sean too much. Again, this poor guy, he could have taken over the world ten times over, but he's so in yeah. love with Sean, and he just wants to give Sean the world. And Sean won't give him the time of day that he deserves. Ethan, I've got to be honest with you, mate. My boss, I love him. I love him. But he loves vagina more than he loves me. And he's gagging for it. He's gagging for it. <laughs> and honestly, I don't I don't know what to do. Yeah. Can we trade places? 
<laughs> I want to have a Freaky Friday situation. Yeah. So then he, Ethan throws a grenade behind him. Um, and then Hugh walks in carrying Ethan. Uh, and he shoots what? Ethan a bunch. Oh, my God. This rat has reached the end of the maze. <sighs> Can't talk because his jaw's broken. And after he shoots him a bunch, he sees the finger wound wrapped on the finger. <gasps> the old switcheroo. I love when he sh- he just pops off and empties this clip into this Ethan slash Hugh character. Get the, my gun off. The music is da, 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 da. It's like super Yeah, This is the <laughs> death of the main character, man. How's it not epic, right? But did you, for a second, did you ever buy this? No. 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 As soon as, no. <laughs> a very short movie. Even when I was 12, I was like, no. No way. Um, it's silly. It's kind of neat. It's fucking ridiculous. You know, we find out in later I wish movies. They how, Go they, ahead. They explain how they actually make these masks in later movies. And it's a, it's a it's, whole, it's, it's a, a whole thing. Deal, yeah. Even in later movies, they give them like mobile kits to make them and to make it more believable yeah. it's still a whole thing yeah it takes him like five minutes to make so he would have had to have planned this and like he just keistered this hue mask what is planned i think the whole like this rats reached the end of the maze thing was like a code word because he says it and they cut back to luther and billy for a hot second going like oh yeah oh, they hear in. that over the radio like he's in let's get into position dibs on skins i wish there was a little bit more of a scene when ambrose like because he screams when he sees it's Hugh, but I wish there would have been like a scene where he's hugging Hugh's body. Like, I should have been kind. I should have loved you. Bros before hoes, man. Me. I was putting the pussy on a pedestal and I just couldn't see what was in front of me. Hughes before hoes. That's what we always say. I love Hugh. I can't quit Hugh. <laughs> I love Hugh so much. <laughs> but seriously, Hugh. R.I.P. You, you deserve better, my man. R.I.P. So... This look at how much notes are left for how much movies left, because that's how angry I got. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of the it's just uh, action. It's just like dun 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 on a motorcycle this time. Yeah, so they can't. For, somehow Ethan's able to yell at his friends over the chopper. Just go, cover me. Yeah, go, go. Uh, and then I said, what, my notes are: Why are there motorcycles? I'd listen to my notes. <laughs> so the famous motorcycle spin gun move. They're tracking down Naya as well. Boom, boom, explodey, crash, boom, explodey, another motorcycle, the horse motorcycle move. <laughs> oh, my God. So the, the scene where the bikes first show up and he kind of. Kicked, Why are those guys on motorcycles? He kicks those dudes off the yeah. motorcycles is so bad. Why? And poorly. It's such a bad stunt scene because yeah. like you could see like the dirt ramp that they've built like in the background from one of them to jump looks over. looks like my buddies with their bikes in the street. Yeah. And it's so awkward the way he's just kind of like flopping around on. I, I don't know. It's a very awkward like amateurish looking stunt Yeah. It scene. turns out Tom Cruise, incredible stunt guy, not Jet Li. No. Not Jackie Chan. Not yeah. interesting to watch in that way. There's a couple different like they're trying to do like uh, Chinese action cinema, like a John Woo shit with these two dudes, uh, uh, Tom Cruise and Dougray. Do- and oh, Doug just, Ray, it's a fight at the end that's so interminably long and so boring. Bad. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like I've seen wrestling matches in the WWE choreographed better than this. I'm mad. Mm. <laughs> when he throws the knife down, why? You are literally on a world-saving, Naya-saving mission that is timed. It's impossible. That's impossible? <laughs> why are you making it harder? 
I want to kill you with my bare hands. That's how bad you suck. <laughs> you slept with my girlfriend. And then I'm going to leave you alive. I and kind of told her to sleep with you, but you slept with my girlfriend. Yeah, you did it twice. Mm. As against the <laughs> You broke bro code. So, yeah, the whole time, Candy's uh, t- Candy. Tandy's going to go kill herself. And by that, I mean Naya. Uh, there's a wheelie fight. There's a sand fight. Uh, he throws the knife for some reason. Then he gives him the rock bottom at one point. Did you see that, no, Steve? Yeah. Rock bottom. Rock <laughs> bottom. Right on his candy ass. Um, and then they find Naya. And he's like, wait, where's my jacket? I threw it down in my egotistical fight. Oh, that had all the MacGuffins in it. And then <laughs> fucking Ambrose is alive with the gun. You should have killed me when you are the chance. For some reason, there's a gun in the sand at Ethan's feet. And he does like a kick the gun. Throw the medicine at Luther move. I love and this, it works. This, this, this is so stupid. <laughs> when he pops the gun up. He pops the gun up, grabs it, spins around, and at no point is Sean Ambrose like, he's up to something. <laughs> I should shoot. I would have shot him the moment he fl- like started to throw the stuff at Luther. should have shot him as soon as he just, just, didn't even have to say, he did, I'm alive. He, he should have just shot him in the back a bunch. Yeah, he should have said, you should have killed me when you had, you should have just, Boom. Idiot. All of you. <laughs> Dead. Yeah. I got four bullets with four names on it. I yeah. win. Uh, and then he does this awkward, he catches the gun in the air and falls in the sand and then he lays on the sand so he's a harder target to hit. And it just looks silly. It's very silly. The whole thing. And there's like several times, at one point he does a weird thing where he, he catches Sean's arm, but his legs on top of his arm and he just starts going, me, me, me. Like little <laughs> kicks to his, like the back of his head. It's just so strange coming from Tom Cruise, and it I don't is. think it works. It doesn't. That's why he never tries it again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then Luther injects uh, Naya's character, or Tandy Newton's character, Naya, and then my <laughs> I forgot how mad I was. My last notes are blah, blah, Anthony Hopkins, blah, slow-mo, blah, vacation, blah, Tandy Newton. Let's get lost. Yeah. <laughs> Because I still had to watch Lost and A Night at the Opera. You can get Lost on Thursday's pod. That's right, baby. Uh-huh. That's right. Because that is the last line of the movie, too, though. I didn't make that yeah, up. Yeah, they're in quite possibly the busiest park in the world. There's so many people in this shot that are so close to each other. It reminds me of the scene at the beginning of Face Off. It's so weird. With, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it might actually be the same like area. Um, yeah, that's it. And then I'm pretty sure this is a reshoot because... I don't think Tom Cruise and Tandy Newton are actually, they look composited in again, the kiss scene. Yeah. It looks like they're not actually, they hated each other by this point. Yeah. They're like, maybe like Tom Cruise, like (laughs) Tandy, I don't like that kiss. We got to do it again, girl. (laughs) She's like, I'm done. (laughs) Well, you contractually obligated. I'll fucking find you. (laughs) (laughs) I should. Zeno, help me. I said, (laughs) said Scientology joke. Yeah. I saw you on Oprah. It kind of freaked me out. Um, so yeah, Steve, it's time for us to rank these movies. Let me just warn you. If you put this above the first one, I'm going to flip this fucking table. Because <laughs> we have to come to a consensus on this. We right. have to agree on, on, on the new order. Right. So your proposed order is number one, Mission Impossible 1. Number two, Mission Impossible 2. Correct. Yeah, I'm going to go with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you scared I, I, the shit again, out of me. Again, I can watch two. I, I, I think two, for me, is far more rewatchable than one because it's so bad I can laugh at it, uh-huh. and it's funny to me. Whereas one is just kind of boring, and I, I don't really care for it. It doesn't 
rustle my rattle my dags, if you will. Sure, I get it. If it had Tandy Newton in it, it'd be better. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but like objectively, one is a better movie. Okay, by far. Okay, so we're going one and then two is our ranking so far. Yes. Tune in next Monday. We're finally watching some of the really good MI. Uh, we get J.J. Uh, Abrams mm-hmm. uh, version we're with have a Philip very, Seymour Hoffman. We're going to have a very J.J. Abrams week next week. What's our... Um, we got Lost. We got... What's our Patreon movie? Oh, I don't know. I think it's The Outfit. Is it Super 8 or something? No, that would be sweet. I, Super 8 is on the list. I was like, but damn, I don't think that'd be wild. That would be crazy if it was like the JJ Mission Impossible, Super 8, and Lost in one week. Do I get to watch The Outfit again already? That's great. Yeah, I think The Outfit's next week. You've never seen it, right? I've never seen it, no. Well, tune in tomorrow for Crossing Streams, um, Wednesday for um, uh, Night, Night at, at the, the Opera. Opera a film 19- chosen by patron Emmy. Emmy, and then four, I don't know why I said it like that. Emmy, Emmy, and, and, then, <laughs> and then four on Thursday is Lost episode two, and Friday is another episode of Strange New Worlds coverage with Phil and Steve. We have a website now. Yeah, go to streamingthingspod.com to check that out. Yeah, you can check out all our videos, all our podcast episodes are. Really nice and curated there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to shout out to Discord moderator Mando Jen, who has spent a lot of time actually creating this website. Yeah, it's so, really fucking cool. Yeah. I love the site. It'll be so useful for us. And you can see all the different kind of themes of the episodes mm-hmm. kind of tallied in one place. And it's easy to navigate. It's mm-hmm. easy to leave reviews and stuff there. It's great. It's so useful. Thank you so much. And, and bookmark it because we got some plans to expand some of the features on it in the future. So. We'll let you know when those are up and running. Yeah, bookmark it. Yeah, bookmark it. It's a great place to uh, be in touch with the show. That's right, baby. That's all the time we have for right now. But we're back every single day of the week now. My name is Chris. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Happy streaming. Happy streaming.